Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt Lineouts, episode 13. I'm here with William McGee. Not Maggie, but McGee, as it were. Uh, just to let everyone know, uh, Glendale Raptor season tickets are available Monday, January 29th. Go to glendaleraptors.com slash tickets. Um, planning in the stadium for fan day experience, hospitality, VIP is underway uh, for the inaugural Raptors MLR season. Uh, check for announcements on that on all social channels and infinitypark.com, I believe. Um, so, Will, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, just got off the training pitch, so apologies if I'm a bit sweaty or red in the face. But, yeah, having a good day so far. So, were you in Bermuda? Is that? <laughs> uh, I was in the Bahamas. Um, so, little, yeah, the little family uh, reunion um, over there last week. So, so you submitted your time off for middle of camp, and that got approved. No, 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 I was training, training hard out there, training hard out there. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling in all right shape. So, I'm looking forward to the few, the few weeks coming up. Yeah. Um. So you're from London. What part? Um, I was born and raised like in Westminster, um, but I yeah grew up in uh, Ealing. So that's sort of okay. Ealing Trailfinders as as my home club. Yeah. Ah. So West, West London. Got it. Um, when did you begin playing rugby? Uh, my dad uh, took me down to Ealing um, when I was four years old. Um, so we, yeah, <laughs> so I could barely hold a rugby ball in my tiny hands back then. I still probably can't now in my tiny hands now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started with four years old, and um, I remember my first game was against another team called Drifters. I think it was under sevens, but I was playing at five. And uh, yeah, just sort of played it ever since. Uh, the uh, was it? Um, it's sort of a cradle to grave uh, rugby story, right there. Uh, yeah. Well, my my dad kind of just fell in love with it um, when he moved over from from Boston um, to England, and sort of just got me hooked on it from yeah a very young age. So, I know your mom's from Pennsylvania. Is your dad an American? Yeah. So yeah, mom's originally from yeah, just outside of Philadelphia, and dad's from Boston. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought. Oh, so you're like straight, like full on American with just a funny accent. Exactly. Yeah, I actually only I only had a U.S. passport until just the end of last year. So now I'm, now I've got both, but up until then I was just the blue passport. Wow, that's that's different. Um, yeah. So, which Merchants Taylor School? Did you go to? Because there's two. Yeah. So I went to Merchant Taylor's Northwood, which is the London one, I guess. Um, so it was about 45 minutes outside of London. Um, but we used to play uh, Merchant Taylor's Crosby, which was up in Liverpool um, at once a year in rugby. Um, and we sort of alternate hosting the fixture, which was always a good rivalry. Um, but yeah. So the one you went to apparently is like, Hogwarts or something. Maybe you can tell me the, about um, schools in England in houses, but there's like nine houses. Yeah, it's, no, it's, an, it's a, it was a very nice school. Um, it used to be a, a all boys boarding school, um, but then with the increased transfer links out to sort of the region that it's in, uh, it just became day day boys. Um, 
and yeah, I had a great time there. The facilities were awesome. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a good seven years. So, um, what it, so now that I didn't know your dad, like until a minute ago, I didn't know your dad was an American. So mom's from Pennsylvania, dad's from, you know, Boston. When it came to rugby, were you always, you know, going to put on the USA shirt or did you ever have England aspirations? Um, no, I mean, from a, I mean, from a pretty young age, you sort of work out, uh, that probably not good enough to play for, for England, never really got into the academies and stuff and, and just, I got the opportunity when I was 16 to go and play for the, um, we went, my, my dad and myself, we went down to the Mill, Millfield Festival. Um, and uh, so we went and watched that and we met Sean O'Leary, who was doing the, um, the, I mean, it was the U17s at the time, but the Junior All-Americans now. And um, sort of got into contact with him and then sort of played under 17s USA, under 18s USA, two years under 20s. And then last year managed to break into the full senior team, which is an awesome experience well um you from what i understand it's it's may not be that you're not good enough um but the log jam of guys to play england age grades is you may be just as good as somebody playing but he got there first yeah i, I mean it's it's very competitive um even at the youngest age which they start doing the representative stuff at 16 you have to play you have to play well enough for your county, which is, I guess, the equivalent of like a state select side. Then you then get selected to your region, which was London. For me, it was London and Southeast. Um, I managed to get through to the final trial. I was actually playing scrum half back then, um, which is quite funny. Both myself and AJ used to play scrum half and now converted to tens. Um, <laughs> and I, I, at my trial, there was, I mean, Owen Fowl was my year, Marlon Yard. Well, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, exactly. Will, but uh, <laughs> Marlon Yard and Faz, like, yeah, that's that's a crazy, wow, yeah, wow. So that's so a, very very competitive. That's I mean, so you like you had a bunch of five star recruits right there, you know, in London itself. Not even like the the guys from other counties. Wow, that's yeah. that's impressive. Yeah, so do you you call Faz up for tips? <laughs> no, I've, I've actually only played against him. Uh, played against him once at under 17s for our club side, Ealing v Harpenden, and it, he was by far the best player on the pitch. But it did end in a massive brawl, which was quite amusing. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you just said you got called into under 17s. Um, so you were on the the radar then for. USA high performance pretty early then because for me I look at the way the current structure is and it really it, it sort of doesn't allow for people to scout well uh, American qualified players overseas yeah I mean it's yeah I guess so um, but even so like the guys that played on the 17s where there's so few that are able to progress through just like with a drop-off rate and the lack of professional setups, academy setups, whereas hopefully what all the teams are looking to do now with the MLR, I know the guys out we're out training this morning with the academy guys, we've got some really exciting youngsters who are just finishing junior All-American camps, high school All-American camps, um, training like full-time now with our academy setup. So hopefully in the next five or 10 years, there'll be less of that drop-off and we can start to really see um, the, how, how well an academy system can then go on to produce eagles, basically. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to uh see 
the American-based academy system from MLR teams because, you know, we, we all know. Um, if you don't, the for those, you know, that will see this, is like the Glendale Academy system is pretty flushed out at this point. Um, I guess the next the next move in the next couple of years would be like a senior academy system, like a U23 when, when the – I mean, I'd probably have to get smacked by, you know, Mark and Dave on this. But when, you know, the MLR team is sort of like solidified in four or five years, there's gonna, probably going to be an exploration to a U23 side. I think. That's me. You <laughs> well, know. I, I think they've actually already extended it to, I think, under 23s for this year. Really? Um, yeah, I think okay. – I, I, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that they've they've gone up to under 23s um, just to allow them to play against some some of the bigger colleges um, and like looking to the future. I mean, if an under 20s team went up against Cal, BYU, St Mary's, for example, it's just unfair that you got you're going to have 23, 24, some of the best 23, 24 year old athletes, rugby players in the country going up against very good 20 year olds. But there's the size difference. So I think I think that's part, sort of part of the plan is go to under 23s, gives guys an opportunity that says, look, if you, you don't have to go to college to play a high level of rugby, come to Glendale, get, play in the under 23s, give yourself the best opportunity to then go forward and play for the MLR side. And already last year we had, um, we had three guys come up from the under 20s and play for the, for the Glendale Merlins elite team, um, which was awesome. And those guys are going to be really pushing hard to, to uh, play in the MLR this season, which is exciting. And it also pushes us on. Um, that we know that we have to improve. We've got um, Mika Cruz, who's a really good 10, 12, 15. So I know that I've got to improve my play to keep my spot. And likewise with one of the wingers, Ryan James, coming through, really exciting winger. And you see straight away that the likes of Harley Davidson, Dustin Croy, Johnny Ryberg are like, right, we need to play well to keep our spots here. So, so you know, you, you move into... Uh, the USA Junior All-Americans under 20s, you earned the captaincy and you hadn't been playing with most of these kids. Like, and then how did you mentally prepare yourself for uh, that tournament in Georgia? Yeah, I mean, well, there was, there was quite a few of the guys. Um, we had Coach Lawrence for our, our high school and Americans that second year. So I think it was under 18s where we played against Canada. Uh, for two years and then quite a few of us did actually progress on to to play in that under 20s the, the first year when it was in the republic of georgia um so i knew some of the guys and then when coach lawrence asked me to be captain it was obviously an immense honor and something that definitely going to take 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 the responsibility on um but i was also one of the younger guys because was, i was only 19 at the time so it was my first year whereas some of the guys had already played two years um so it was a good opportunity for me um first real chance to show my leadership at, at such a high level um, but I had really good guys around me Pat Latu um, Baba Jones was playing Connor Mills was playing he's now at Houston so we had a really good group of guys um, that made it quite easy to captain the team albeit we weren't very good that year <laughs> <laughs> so you played uh, and captained Leeds University right or University of Leeds right yeah yeah um, you were in the top division of British universities and colleges sport uh, at the time, I think Leeds is uh, now in the Bucks Super League. Is that correct? No, I don't think we're not. Uh, Leeds, uh, Leeds Beckett are 
Um, but that's just like the big 10 powerhouse teams. We yeah. were always kind of just off the cusp of that. So we were a good side. We were, we were in, but back then we never had Super League. Um, yeah. so we were competing with the teams that are now playing in the Super League. But um, yeah, we just played in Bucks Prem North. So we were playing against Loughborough, Durham, Newcastle, Northumbria. So it was a good, it was a good standard. Well, Loughborough is in the Super League now. Yeah, they were. I was like, I watched them last year in the. I think it was the semifinals. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're very good. Uh, very good recruitment, and year after year, they're just continually a very good outfit. So after, um, you know, I, I've. You were the captain at University of Leeds. How are you? This this might be heartbreaking. How are you not at Yorkshire Carnegie right now? Um, there was a certain fellow who also played at the University of Leeds with me um, called Alex Lazowski, who is okay. Who was so we? It was myself and him from Leeds. We were in part of the senior academy at, at uh, what was then Leeds Carnegie. Um, and he just was took his took the opportunity was really good for for Yorkshire, uh, sorry for Leeds, and then went to Wasps. Now at Saracens in England. So, dang. But he's a, he's a, he's a very good mate of mine, Loz. So, uh, so yeah, no hard feelings there. He's a good boy. Um. So after graduating from University of Leeds, you end up playing a season with Otley, and that gets you, you know your first professional contracts. So how did you get recruited from a university club to play, you know, with a, a senior club? So that was actually, so I played for Otley in my, while I was in my final year at, at university. Okay. So it was part of, um, it was part of being as a member of the Leeds Carnegie senior Academy. So all those boys that aren't necessarily playing university rugby as well would go out on loan to national two or national one clubs. Um, so we train three or four weeks with Leeds, uh, three or four times a week with Leeds. Um, I play for University of Leeds on the Wednesday, and then I play for Otley in National Two on the Saturday. So it was quite a lot of rugby, but it was it was good. It was it was a as a twenty year old playing senior men's rugby. I think I played played ten or twelve games for Otley. It was um, it was a really good experience. So, and they're tough up there in the north. So was your midsection purple? <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, a nineteen twenty year old. 70 kilo fly half is a nice, uh, nice target to run at for some of those big Northern boys. Um, so, you know, after that year in the senior Academy with, uh, Leeds Carnegie, you ended up si- signing a short stint with Ealing. You know, what happened there? You even captained a composite side against the combined services team for them during that period. Yeah. So, so I, you know, so I signed for a year. Um, it was, a it was a part-time part-time contract so I was working um I was going in the gym in the morning going to do my full-time job and then coming back to train um three nights a week um because that was the first year that Ealing had made the step up to the championship um and I just I basically had played um when I was still at school I played second 15 rugby for Ealing I played all through from under under sevens through under 18s club rugby that was my club just kept in close contact with the head coach at the time who's now the director of rugby Ben Ward um and he offered me an opportunity to come and I played and he was, he was also, he was the head coach and fly half. So it was, oh. uh, <laughs> it was that, that's potentially why a few opportunities were few and far between, but I had a great year. I captained the second 15 throughout the year, probably played about 20 games for the second 15 and then managed to play a couple of games for the first 15, which was an amazing experience. 
I mean, I'm sure you've seen this in club rugby, but like having, you know, me, I've played and like our, yeah, I guess our game day coach, because we had a coach of practice that was a different guy, but like he wasn't always able to be at like our games. So it's like when your game day coach is playing 10, is playing fly half. Like I, I it's just really hard to manage. Uh, the whole game because you have 23 guys and you're trying to win and you just get you get sort of siloed i can't imagine being a professional coach and also having to play fly half like that game management is uh gets interesting there yeah but i mean wardy was great wardy had played fly half at ealing from when they were in london one national three national two national one and then into the championship so he was obviously a class player um for me obviously it was quite frustrating that He's, he's, he's obviously earned that jersey, but he's going to pick himself if he feels that he can do the job. So fair place to him. Um, but yeah, I, I had a great year there. I learned a lot. Again, it was another step up. It was my first opportunity at professional rugby. Um, and, and I got to make my debut in the championship first year out of uni, which is 21 years old, which was pretty cool. So following that, you, you moved back close to home, right, with the old Albanians. What sort of club are they? Um, so they're one league below the championship, so they're national one. Um, and the reasons, I get the reasons basically for that were Elon got relegated to international one as well. Um, had a good talk with, good talk with Ben Ward at the end of the season and said, "Look, I need to be playing week in, week out at that at that level, which I know I can play. Um, am I going to get that opportunity to do that here at Ealing, or are you going to be playing yourself, basically?" And he said perfectly fair enough he's brought in another fly half and he him, himself and the other guy they brought in were going to be the two the two tens and i said well i need to for my for my development i need to go play in that league and, and play week in week out so yeah, i went up to old albanians semi-professional club national one very good standard of rugby um and ended up playing 20 20 or 20 odd games for, for old albanians and unfortunately broke my leg which brought the season to an abrupt ending <laughs> yeah Oof. Um, I've think I've had a knee injury. Thank God I've never broken, you know, a lower extremity limb. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, how would you describe, you know, club rugby in the UK compared to here structure competitiveness? Yeah, I think the, the biggest, and everyone mentions this, the biggest hurdle that we have to overcome in club rugby and professional <laughs> rugby here is, is the travel. Like, it's just so for the top teams to play each other on a consistent basis. Um, it just costs so much money to take 23 guys plus two coaches plus a trainer plus a spare player in case someone goes down in the warm up. I mean, you're taking 28 people, you're flying potentially across country, three or four hour flight, hotel for at least one night. It's just so expensive. So, I mean, clubs in, in England can just take a two hour, three hour bus journey and, and do it all in one day. So, I think that's one major hurdle that MLR is trying to overcome with professional rugby. Um, but in terms of the competitiveness, I think Glendale, we would be um, bottom end of the championship, top end of national one. Um, so I think, yeah, we'd be very competitive in that. I, and I can only speak on behalf of England. I can't speak about France or anywhere else like that. But yeah, I think we have the facilities to match any of those professional clubs in the championship in England for sure. Um, so yeah, I think we'd be competitive. Hey, uh, I just saw Houston, um, take 
the well, I didn't see, I heard because it was on the radio. Uh, take the 18th ranked team national team in the world to uh, you know, almost to the wire. So, I think uh, you know, you guys have been together for a while, you might uh, be uh, mid championship level, you know, uh, <laughs> at, at Glendale. Uh, Let's see. you guys have a pretty, I mean, uh, Coach Dave is. Pretty intense dude. And you guys uh you guys ran over some people with uh Merlin's elite side this fall, so Yeah, I, I mean we did, but we're all so excited for, for a real competition with standings and other teams that are on the same level because I mean we're we've been a we've been fully professional for a year now. So we've been paying guys, we've had about ten guys full time. So when we're coming up teams like um Old Blue, who have some great players, but they're just not there week and week, day in, day out training. They just, at the end of the day, they just weren't able to just compete with us over the 80 minutes. Um, but fair play to Houston. They look like they're, they like they're going to be a strong team. So we look forward to, the, to coming up against them in the summer. So, you know, following your stint with the old Albanians, you get a call from the Scotsman, Steve Lewis, right? Yeah. Is that what that's happens? Correct. Pretty um, much. So, um, and you moved to Denver, played for pro, and really haven't looked back. Yeah, so um, I got in touch with um, with Coach Lawrence. He was sort of my main contact, and and then Steve Lewis got in contact with me after that because um, I'd always said to my parents, like, I'm going to go to university, going to get a degree, going to get a job, but if the opportunity ever came to go and play professional rugby in the States, I'd, I'd do it because the lifelong goal was to, to play for the Eagles, and... I wasn't getting the looks in England to potentially get to do that pathway. So I knew I had to go over stateside and, and show what I could do. Um, and yeah, we had an awesome season with Denver. Um, ended up winning the entire thing just, which I, I, uh, I let Sean Davies remember pretty much every other day, which he doesn't take too well still. <laughs> um, but it was good. I mean, there was a lot of negativity around, um, around pro rugby after the season finished. Um, and I'm still owed a hell of a lot of money from that season, which I'm fighting in the, in trying to get. Um, yeah. Every, everything other than the owner, I have good things to say about. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty well read on the situation and uh, I'm pissed off for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so do you, I asked this of, I asked this of Dave, um, are you guys going to have a five year reunion and buy some rings? He said, you know, leave rings to the football boys, but <laughs> No, I think our team, I mean, I'm the only full-time guy left now here at, well, in Denver and Glendale. All the boys are sort of scattered around, so it'll be, it's going to be fun uh, catching up. We have, we have Jake Turnbull who's down at Houston now, Nick Wallace and Mike Garrity up at uh, Seattle, um, who else? Tari down at New Orleans, so it's going to be fun playing against these boys for sure. Um, so then you, so after that, you headed back to England and played for Ealing one more time. Um, you don't play a lot, but I mean, points wise, you kind of tore it up. What, so, but they don't stick with you. What what happened there? So this is, I mean, we this is sort of the reasoning behind my pay dispute. So we were with Pro Rugby. So we were told at the end of the season, um, if you want to go play club rugby anywhere else, anywhere, you have to email. Steve Lewis, director of rugby operations for Pro Rugby, saying the dates that you're going to go play anywhere else, um, 
and they would review it, see if it was a high, a high enough standard. To, so you weren't just going to play willy-nilly rugby for some D3 team and, and, and get injured because you're still under contract with Pro. And if they reviewed it and they thought the facilities and you'd get the benefit of playing while the off-season was happening for Pro Rugby, they would sign it off and they'd agree to it. So I got in touch with, with Ben Ward at Ealing. I said, look, my season's finished. Um, I'm looking to just sort of keep up my training, keep playing. Um, do you need do you need an extra bag holder, basically? As in, like, I don't need to be getting paid because I'm getting paid from, from Pro Rugby. I just want to keep fit and I'm going to be in London. Um, so Ben came back to me and said, yep, uh, we actually just had an injury to one of our fly halves. Um, we could really use some cover for six weeks. Um, we'll pay your expenses, but happy days. Perfect. Told Steve Lewis, look, I've had this opportunity um, to do this at Ealing for six weeks. And then I've also had another opportunity to go to the Western Force and be part of their uh, pre-season super rugby training squad. Are these, I mean, are these suitable opportunities to go and keep fit in the off-season and then come back for pro rugby year two? hopefully a better player than I was in year one. Of course, Steve signs it off and I'm like, sweet, I've got this. I've got a great opportunity. I go back to Ealing. I can play some competitive rugby while I'm back in London. I then have an amazing opportunity to go to Perth and train with some of the best rugby players in the world. Um, their full super rugby squad while, because they basically need extra players while their wallabies are away on the November yeah. tour. So I go away and do that. And as soon as I leave the country, I stopped getting paid by, by, uh, by Doug and, and, haven't basically been paid since. I think everyone stopped getting paid at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. Mine was slightly early than a lot of the other guys, but yeah. Um, so it was never, it was never going to be anything longer with Ealing than, than six weeks. It. it was, um, it was literally just a stopgap before coming back to Denver in, in January or, or February, whenever we were supposed to report back for, for the season two of pro. But obviously, basically you were going home to hang out with your parents because you hadn't seen them in a while and you were going to play professional rugby. And Doug was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All I was trying to do was come back a better player um, than I was in year one. So that I could really push on and try and progress to the next level of, of, of making it to the Eagles. And unfortunately, if I'd stayed home in, in Glendale, and sat on the sofa doing nothing for those five, six months, I would have received my pay up until he terminated the contracts. But Jeez. because I went out to try and develop my own personal career by seeking other opportunities, which they were signed off on, um, yeah. I, uh, I got screwed over a bit. My biggest, I mean, personally, I mean, my biggest thing with that, uh, you know, to go in depth, because if the guy wasn't going to have a structured off season, you can't really have a beef with, you know, someone going to have their structured off season. Yeah, and, and that was the thing that their whole thing was, as long as it's in a professional environment and the facilities are good. I mean, you can't really get any better than uh, Super Rugby facilities and training from November, like start of November to the end of December, to come back in uh, in January and start preseason again. So, yeah. hey ho, it's happened. No grudges held apart from one. So um, after that, you, like you said, you find yourself training with the Western Force. So were you trying to make that time or were you a camp lobby, as we say in the NFL? <laughs> um, I mean, I was, I, was, I was grouped in with all the trialists. So there was, um, there was about three or four of us there. Uh, only one of the boys ended up getting a contract, which is, which is awesome. But I had, 
an unbelievable six weeks. Trained full time with the, the the Super Rugby squad. Um, weights, training, recovery twice a day. I mean, it was awesome. Um, like the facilities there are outstanding. Made some really good good mates out of it. Boys over in Perth, and they went on to have a fantastic season. Um, and then it was just heartbreaking to see the troubles they went through all throughout the season and keeping yeah. in touch with those boys. And and now they're all they're all over the place. Um, I mean, so, that was. That was a messed up situation. Yeah, it was. But um, hopefully we might have a little surprise coming out of that situation from Glendale. So we'll see. You, putting, pre- there... putting, pressure on, putting pressure on Davey here now. Hey, that, 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 that would be like the Eagles center pairing if that happened. <laughs> we'll see. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no <laughs> not Marcy. Not Marcy. So you hung out. Did you did you hang out with uh, Marcel a lot down there? Well, so Marcy was at um, he was away with the Eagles, so that was his first tour with the Eagles um, during November. Um, okay. And then, but then, yeah, once he got back, um, yeah, we we I mean, we trained together and stuff. Um, but it was yeah, it was good good to pick his brains on oh, what, what it was like with the with the Eagles. And then he was stoked for me when I got the call from from Mitch. On, I think it was on my last day in Perth actually that they were going to bring me into the ARC. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, so all of that, uh, you know, after I guess hanging out with pro, we're going to call it hanging out with pro. Um, then, you know, Ealing again and going down to the Western force. That's the, would you call say that's the catalyst, uh, that basically has made you gotten you into being a mainstay with the Eagles. Cause you've amassed, I think nine caps this year. I think there was only eleven opportunities. Yeah, I think so. Maybe ten. Um, yeah, no, yeah, nine caps has been amazing. Uh, I think, yeah, potentially, I'm, I'd like to think also that my performances uh, during pro rugby, obviously, um, once I got into camp, Mitch had obviously spoken to me about the games he'd watched, etc. Um, but I think, yeah, I can't can't deny that the opportunity um, to go over to Perth to train there, obviously that how that looks for, for Mitch, who used to be the head coach of the Western force, um, sort of ignited it. And then, yeah, hopefully I've done all right this last year to keep going this year. A question I ask of every national team player, do you know your Eagle number? I do. So, I mean, there's a list I have, which may be inaccurate according to Sean Davies, Okay, (laughs) but but, uh, if this thing loads, so what is your eagle number? My eagle number is 507. 507. Um, okay. That's, uh, you know, some people don't know. Like, yeah. I, I say this every interview. It's not just eagle numbers, but it's, I think the only, I, so I interviewed Alan Yarday for, that is the Austin Elite head coach. He, you know, he was a French national team player. No, I don't. Didn't know. No, I think I, I we make a we make a big deal of. I mean, it's a very intimate, personal, uh, well, int- intimate um, ceremony when you when you receive your first cap, and it's it's a day I'll never forget. Um, almost a year ago now, um, and yeah, for me that was a, a massive moment. It's the pinnacle pinnacle of, of any rugby player's career to to represent your country, um, and it's every time you pull on that jersey, every time. Blaine or Nate or Todd handed us out those jerseys and you have your name, your 
eagle number, your your cap number, and the date and who you're, the opposition um, sewn into your jersey. I mean, it makes it such a personal thing that it's your jersey. But we always talk about it's only yours as long as it is yours, and you've got to leave it in a better place for the person that sort of takes it upon you. But no, I think there's definitely a culture that it's massively important to be playing for your country, and part of that is for me knowing your eagle number, knowing knowing how many times you've represented your country. So what attracted you to come back to Denver and play for Glendale? Uh, just the continuity of it all. Um, so there were murmurings throughout the whole time of pros not happening, MLR potentially coming up in the future or, or some sort of competition coming up in the future. Um, and Davey then took on the head coaching role at Glendale. Um, and he said, look, we'll offer you this amount for the year, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, I mean, Davey's been an awesome coach for me personally, doing all the back stuff with with Denver and then head coach with with Glendale, and we work really well together. Um, he's helped me out tons, both on the field with skill work and off the field weights and conditioning. Um, and just, I mean, the time that we had here for Denver at Glendale when we were renting the facilities, I mean, you just can't beat the facilities we have here. You've got state-of-art pitch, you've got fantastic gym. They've just built us a brand-new gym. Um, which we, we can get into on the 12th of February, which is cool. Um, you've got the turf field, which I think their plans that they'll, they're going to redo it with the newer generation stuff. Um, and it's all just in one complex. So I just, I think that was a main draw. And then just the opportunity to play for, play for the Raptors, which is a, they've been a great team in the past, winning the PRP numerous times and just the guys that are playing here. So like, Currently, obviously, at the moment, myself, Bryce, Sean, Quilly, Ben Landry sometimes get the headlines in terms of representing the U.S. currently. But if you look through the team, it's guys like Chad London, Zach Fanolio, Atom Alifa, Pete Dahl. These guys, have, even Mose Tomateo, who's still the most capped eagle within the Glendale Raptors setup. So it's guys like those that have been there for so long with so much experience and played handfuls of time for their country that they're really like the driving the driving force behind what's so great to play for Glendale. Um, and then we just alluded to in the past, he just kind of sprinkles in a couple of new players each year, which means we have the continuity and, and the camaraderie of, of, of the makings of a good team. Awesome. Um, you know, so how much – you said you, there were kind of murmurings, but when you got to Glendale and you were playing with the Raptors in the spring – uh, how much did you guys know, uh, you know, like straight up, not innuendo, but being told, hey, you know, get prepared, Major League Rugby is coming. Is that what, you know, I mean, obviously your facilities are good, your coaching staff's great. Is that what kept you around, though? Because if if it didn't come, what was the next move? Yeah, I mean that's obviously one side of the point, but we also we we knew we knew that another professional competition was coming. Um, what that competition was going to be, we weren't too sure of. Um, but I know, I, I know we all knew that something was coming. So, and that's what we want to be playing. We want to be winning trophies. Like for us, I mean, one hundred times out of hundred, I would rather lose the championship game in the MLR than go out and beat a team ninety-five nil in an exhibition game that doesn't mean anything. Like. We're here to play to win. We're here to play to compete. Like for us, this season's been good because it's allowed us to continue playing professional rugby in terms of that we've been getting paid um, to play. 
but it's not been professional rugby. It hasn't been professional on the field. It hasn't been competitive enough. And that's what we're all really excited um, to rip into. And we don't actually start, Glendale doesn't actually start um, our official tra MLR training camp until the 29th of January. Um, oh. But we've had 15 guys, 10, 15 guys in every morning doing our same schedule. Um, obviously five of us getting ready for tour, but other guys who are just still in the area training hard and then, you might come back in for a second session in the evening and guys like Casey Rock and Dustin Croyer in the gym working hard because we all want to win that trophy come July 7th. So, Well, you guys had some some big like matches this fall. I mean, you played Old Blue twice. You played uh, the first Ontario Aero side. You went down to play Life. You played Nyack twice, played you know Mystic twice. So, I mean, you guys face the top Division One clubs in the country this year in the fall uh, as part of Merlin's elite. But so, I mean, I wouldn't say your training camp is just starting. I would say you've taken a pause. That's for the Merlins though. We're the Raptors again now. <laughs> Lipstick on a pig, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, had, we had some good games. The games against Old Blue were really enjoyable. Um, the, the, to be honest though, the hardest game of the season for us was, um, was that life game. We went down to Georgia. We were missing a few guys. Um, and they came out all guns blazing. They were seriously physical. Um, and it's hot, it's humid. Um, the ball wasn't it was the ball wasn't sticking to hand, pitch was narrow, and they, they came at us hard and we were we were lucky to come out there with a win. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a good season, but this season's gonna be a step up and hopefully we'll see that on the field. Life life has life is moving like uh, you know, this year, just, you know, with the Merlins elite, you both are like outside members of that American rugby premiership. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they've in addition out in their, I guess, not in their main season because their main season is in the spring, but they played, you know, the top, a college team is playing the top men's clubs in the country Yeah, because they want to, you know, they want to be prepared so that, they can, you know, be in the right place to win the D1A national title. So I think, you know, they they gave you what they got. <laughs> yeah, no, they they were very good. Um, and yeah, so but luckily we came out of there. Well, we came out the full season unbeaten, and hopefully that can continue with our first game on uh, March 10th against New Orleans at home at uh, the uh, exhibition game. But yeah, but your your season opener is also, I think, the game of the week on CBS Sports, which is the twenty first of April. Yeah, so that's against yeah against Austin at home. So it'll be the first game shown on uh, CBS Sports, which is really exciting national TV. Um, so yeah, I mean, pen that date in your diaries if you're in the Denver area, or if you're not and you want to come for a good game. Uh, I, I I've told uh, Mark and Dave this that I'll probably end up in Denver at some point because my girlfriend's uh, aunt and grandma live up in Greeley, which is about an hour away. Mm -hmm. So it's like you know it's it's gonna happen whether and she it's like I wonder if I'm forcing her to go see her family or if <laughs> like she like I just get to tag along for rugby. I'm not sure. But, however, um, however you can work it. Um. So you know. We've talked about, uh, you know, you amassing like nine caps and all the thing. It's like, what else has, you know, gone into it since, you know, you broke into the Eagle squad last, uh, you know, last winter uh, during the 2017 ARC? Just, uh, I mean, just a lot of hard work. Um, 
once you get the taste for it, you don't want to you don't want to let it go. And every time that phone call came from Mitch or more recently from from Dave Hodges, it's it's the best feeling because you know that you've done enough to then give yourself another opportunity to go out and represent your country. Um, nothing can really describe the feeling of, of of running onto the field, albeit starting and singing the national anthem or or coming off the bench and 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 doing your part to to winning. So. Yeah, I mean, every time you get to go into camp, it's a massive honour, um, and I'm I'm really excited for uh, for the upcoming five games. We've got a we've got a trophy to defend, which is which is pretty cool. So I've asked Sean uh, about Dave Hewitt. Uh, what what do you think for you? What did he do that kept you guys going and focused on progress after I would say the drama of the summer, finding out that Mitch was you know gone. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of spoke about it in our first player meeting when we got to Germany and it was like, whoever's coaching us, it, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's only 15 guys that can take the field at a time, a 30-man squad that can contribute to that performance on the weekend. Um, don't get me wrong, though. Dave Hewitt was a fantastic coach. He was awesome. Um, all the guys um, bought into everything he was working with. The coaching staff was fantastic. Um which I think is is contributed to the consistency we see we see in the assistant coaches um, going forward uh, into this ARC. Um, but we only had two weeks together, and we had to prepare prepare for two test matches. Um, so we didn't have a ton of time for skill work or bits and bobs like that. It was kind of like, right, here's the game plan. We need to rep it. We need to be all on the same page, and then we need to go give it our best. And we were so close to beating Georgia um, twice last year. And I know yeah, it pains, right. pains every member of the squad just as I much was, as everyone watching it. I was watching the second match against Georgia in Georgian. Yeah. It was great. It was like, what? There was like Eastern Europe news at the halftime. It's like, what is going on over there? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I, that was, I mean, I'm watching that and it's just, it's just a heartbreaker to be yeah. honest. Like you guys were, they had just, you know, gone within six points of of what was it? No, seven points of Wales the week yeah. before. So you just took, you know, was it the like I think they were twelfth ranked team in the world, and we're just trying to move forward, ranked seventeenth, and we're like there, and you know, they've got studs uh, all up in their, you know, their front row, their they're back three on the pack and it's just it's just heartbreaking because I, yeah. I knew that if I think the difference there is just the experience level and the chemistry they had because they had been together for I think like three or four weeks before their you know their first test and that's one thing for me when I look at the Eagles and our high performance system is like we're a side that needs to be in camp for like three weeks before we have a test right now Mm-hmm. Um, so that everything's down pat. That's 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 what I look at on the outside, because it seems it takes us a you know a little time to to work in. Because I think you guys crushed Germany, but your best game was against Georgia, which was great to be honest. Yeah. No, I mean obviously we'd love the t- as much time together as possible, um, but we get we get dealt the cards we get, so we just have to make the best of the time we get. Um, and put put the best performance out on the field, and 
And that 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 shocking performance against a tier one slash tier two nation, I, I think, isn't isn't a million miles away. And I know from from talking to Gary Gold that he's really excited, and and we can't we can't wait to get working with him. Um, so AJ's out, which sucks. What's your yeah. mindset going into the ARC camp? Uh, I've just got to I've got to take the opportunity. Um, I've learned so much from working with AJ. Um, we're good. We're really good mates. So it's not like a really awkward, like, Oh, he's got my Jersey type thing. Um, so anytime I get the opportunity to work with him, it's been awesome. Um, but for me personally, it's going to be a really good opportunity to go there to, to play 10, hopefully, um, with us, with our first choice centers, um, and show, show Gary and show Greg and the rest of the coaching staff, what I can do and, and push my, push myself forward as much as possible. If I'm pushing AJ as hard as possible or the other 10s in camp um, for that starting jersey, it's only going to mean that the best 10s out on the field at the time. Um, and as long as the best field, uh, the best 10s on the field at the time, then that's what the USA needs. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I'm there for all five games, hopefully get involved in all five games. Um, and, yeah, just take the opportunity, play, play as hard as I can, and try and keep that shirt. That's what I'm talking about. So this was a question from somebody else because I didn't have this in there, but you're you're pretty decent at drop goals. Why don't you go for them more often? <laughs> who's who's asked that? Uh, <laughs> um, I think the last drop goal I attempted was in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it was it was actually quite interesting. I was watching rugby. I can't remember what game it was the other day on. Um, BT Sport back in England, and it was just talking about how drop goals have kind of gone out of the game so much. Um, I think there's just such a more emphasis on on scoring on scoring tries and bonus points, etc. Um, but uh, yeah, we did we did practice them actually in in uh, in Georgia in, in the eventuality that it got down to it, which it potentially nearly did. I think I, I think my drop goal resembled more of a lob wedge in golf than a, the national drop kick. But. <laughs> Yeah, no. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we'll win the MLR on a drop goal. We'll see. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna we're gonna get a little fun here. So, the, we're gonna, I started this game with Sean, and I'm gonna continue this game with every player I interview now. Yeah. Start, bench, or cut? Stop. What do you mean? <laughs> Start. It's like yeah. You know. Oh, um, as in players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like that uh, you know when I yeah, when I yeah, give you yeah, three okay. girls, you know, marry yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. So I'll do it for Glenda. Um, that'll be less awkward. Um, <laughs> um, so I've got uh, they're fly halves. I've got three from the U.S. and then we'll go on to three from England after that. Um, <laughs> start start venture cut. Matt Alexander, Mike Herkus, Grant Wells. You got to stop Mike Herkus. Um, I don't know. This is bad. I don't know much on the other two. Um, well, I had to look pretty hard at the amount of caps guys had, and until like before AJ, uh, Mike Herkus was the last fly half that just was around a long time. Grant Wells and Mallet, Matt Alexander also, uh, you know, were around a long time, but not nearly as much as Mike. So. Okay. Well, I know Mike's. He must have the most caps as a fly half. Um, 
Is that right? It should be. Yeah. Um, At least in the last like 20 years. Yeah. So I'll start him and then I can't make a judgment call on the other two. I haven't got enough information up, but it's poor on me and I, will, I promise to go away and do some research. <laughs> um, so England, start this venture cut. Bad. This is going to look bad now though, because I'm going to know who these people are that you're talking about. Well, I didn't know who Matt, I would say before a day ago, I didn't know who some of these people were either. So, okay. Um, I, I, that's just the nature of rugby in the United States, to be honest. Um, I probably know more about the 1920 team than I do about anyone in the you know 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Pencher Cut, Charlie Hodgson, Andy Good, Danny Cipriani. That's a tough one. I think I'd start Andy Good. Okay. Which James Hiltebrand will be very happy to hear me say because he calls <laughs> me Andy Good. Um, <laughs> I'd st- yeah, start good. Uh, bench Cipriani just to come on for the last 20 and a bit of flair. And I would cut Charlie Hodgson, even though he's probably the best of the three playing for England. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I like Cipriani too. I like him too. Um, so we joked about Will McGee, Will McGee being a model for L'Oreal Paris in the UK, but he was actually a marketing guru. No. Um, so the real question is why not marketing guru in the United States for L'Oreal Paris, but why aren't you a model for L'Oreal Paris in the United States? I don't know where this is. I get so much stick for this, for you working there. Um, I'm not a model. I never was a model. Um, yeah. I've, yeah. Those, those marketing days of, of beauty and hair care have been traded for rocks and malls. Unfortunately, I would say, um, you, you might want to take care of the face because you and Bryce Campbell are my girlfriend's current, like, two favorite eagles. So just point it out. That's fine. We're also roommates, so I'll make sure we are keeping up to date with our facials. Because <laughs> uh, And then Sean Davies also mentioned last week that, uh, you know, when he first moved to Glendale, you guys were roommates, and he, like, you had a dresser drawer full of L'Oreal products this is just erroneous from him um, <laughs> the only the only the only thing i've ever done is i got i was good friends with a girl who worked on the men's brand at l'oreal back in the uk and when i first got to denver i got her to send a big box of uh men's products so shaving foams deodorants etc shower gels for the guys which was very very well received i think he's just bitter that i've never given him any presents but <laughs> John Quill's the John Quill's the beauty the beauty man, so he he needs it more than Shawnee does. Oh, what I mean, what the heck's a six doing around trying to be beautiful? I mean, I, I mean, he, he he goes for pedicures and stuff like that. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> um, well, maybe you can hit him up and say, "Hey, be the be the name sponsor for the Glendale Raptors." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that would be interesting. Uh, so your mom's from Pennsylvania. Are you a pork and sauerkraut guy on New Year's Day? No, we are. Um, what do we have on New Year's Day? I can't even remember. I, I can't remember the last time I was at home for New Year's Day. I thought you were going to ask me who am I supporting in the Super Bowl this next weekend or two weeks time. Uh, well, I mean, the pork and sauerkraut thing is I've, I have like a bunch of friends from college that are from Pennsylvania and I spent one New Year's Day with one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, uh, 
my one of my best friends is from Carlisle. And so like he was living in Boston a couple years ago and I went to, you know, Boston to hang out for um, just part of my Christmas leave. And, in, you know, the next like we go to the store on New Year's Day and get a big like Boston butt and like two cans of sauerkraut, put it in the slow cooker in the morning and then, you know, uh, watch one of the New Year's Day bowl games in the afternoon. So sounds like a good day. Yeah, I would have never have like put sauerkraut on pork before in my life, but it's now actually pretty good. So where the question is, so then in the Super Bowl, if we're going to go there, your your dad's from Boston, so that's obviously a Patriots fan. Mom is from Pennsylvania, but what part is the question? From about 45 minutes north of Philadelphia. So that could get interesting because some people tell me that only people in like South Jersey and like almost Philly proper are Eagles fans. And then, you know, there's sort of a wall that marks Steeler country. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I will be supporting the Patriots. I've supported them since I was very young, um, probably because it coincided with them being very good. Um, But yeah, look, there's a few of us on the team um, in the U S side that support, um, support the Patriots. So I look forward to uh, to finding somewhere to watch it uh, the day after the Argentina game. So it'll be good good time. Uh, Moldeds or studs? Oh, Moldeds, more comfortable. More comfortable. Jeez, I, I, I just can't. I'm a hooker. I kinda... <laughs> yeah, you need studs. I, I do like the new hybrid studs and Moldeds that are coming out, though, these days. Um, this is for Colorado Cuisine. Green chili or mountain oysters? Green chili every day. <laughs> got, to, got to have that on your omelet. Me too. I would not. Oh. I mountain oysters do not sound uh, no. appetizing, but apparently no. a lot of people eat them. <laughs> not, yeah, I've, I've not experienced that yet. I'll have to add it to the list. Um, hey man, uh, look forward to seeing you in the ten shirt. Uh, you've been, I mean, with Glendale, you've been crushing it. So I want to, I'm sort of, I think if AJ was there, you, you definitely see the guy you've been pushing against for a very long time. And, you know, it's sort of more, it's kind of, it's kind of sad, uh, that the guy who you've been competing the hardest against to get that Jersey is not available for you to compete against again, but he's going to be back for June. I'm told. Yeah. Didn't didn't do anything that bad. No, I've, I've I've spoken to him a few times since his injury. So, so, so yeah, he says, he told me that he's working very hard on his upper body. So, I think that's huh. much needed for one. And then, yeah, hopefully he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will see. Like I told Sean, I'll see you guys uh, in Los Angeles because I'm definitely going to that game. So awesome! It'll be, awesome. It'll be great to see you then. And will. Thanks for the interview, man. It was great. Cool. Thanks a lot for having me. And uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, at StubHub Center. Very exciting. Thanks, Will. Thank you. This has been Lineouts by Earful of Dirt. Connect with Earful of Dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening.